Welcome back to the Malling Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast. And this episode, we are going to cover AEW World's End taking place this Saturday on Long Island. And of course, I had to bring it in. It's the last prediction episode of the year. Good brother with Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Mike is on the show. Say what's up to the people, Mike. What's up to the people, Mike? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm a little rusty. To... I need I need to he's work a... these kinks out, right? He's a little rusty. He's going to work these kinks out, and we're going to have ourselves a great <laughs> prediction episode. So how we're going to start this show off, we're going to start it off with the Zero Hour for AEW World's End. And we've at this point, when we record this, it is Thursday evening, so we have yet to see what Rampage has in store for us when it comes to additional matches getting added to the show so if anything gets added additionally make sure you stay tuned to my socials make sure you stay tuned to michael's socials both of those will be here on our lovely faces somewhere in this video we are going to start with the 20 man battle royal on the zero hour i have no clue who's going to be in this match mike if you were to take a, a stab in the dark with all the men's Competitors you have in AEW, who do you think is going to win the Battle Royal for the number one contendership or the TNT Championship? So I started looking, and first of all, thank you for having me back on the Malvin Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast. Um, super excited to be on the show with you, uh, knock some rust off. Uh, but looking at this Twain Man Battle Royal, um, it's a future shot for the TNT title. So I don't know if this is number one contender or if it's like a match down the road. Um, one of the guys I was thinking could win the Battle Royal, we don't know who's in there, is Mark Briscoe. Hmm. Mark Briscoe, it's been around a year since he lost his brother and since he last tagged with his brother. Um, I'm a little concerned if they want to go that route with Christian Cage and his, uh, fascination with people who have, like, passed on, unfortunately, but I would... I would think Mark Briscoe because he had a valiant effort throughout the entire Continental Classic. He showed that he could be a singles competitor. And so why not give him a TNT title match somewhere in January against Christian Cage, who is doing some of the best work of his career right now? I like it, man. Mark Briscoe is a great name to throw out there for this, uh, whether it's a championship match down the line, like you said, or the number one contender, what whatever it may be verbiage wise uh i like the i like the mark briscoe call out i didn't even that name didn't even creep into my mind until you said it you know for me you know how how deep is that aew men's you know that roster man it's so deep um there are there are no uh, uh other tag matches unless it gets added friday night but you know could we see a house of black member get that uh get that shot maybe a brody king um, I also could lean and maybe say, you know, we've got 20 guys to fill. Daniel Garcia is another name that kind of pops out to me, you know, notably when mm. it comes to a guy who could, you know, get a championship opportunity. Um, so I, I, I put it between those three and I'm sure, you know, the viewers uh, and the listeners will have their own thoughts. So if you do let us know in the comments of the video or, uh, drop us, uh, on our handles on social media. Um, but I, I like Briscoe, I like Brody King for this and, and Daniel Garcia. So. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be uh, in the match at this point, but I'm sure we'll get some clarity once we get closer to World's End. So as of now, we still have one more zero-hour match, uh, and it's going to be between Wheeler Yuta and Hook for the FTW Championship. Very intriguing. We've got two young guys here on the roster, two pretty popular guys on AEW's roster. How, how would you dice this up, Mike? So I I was thinking about this actually earlier today and I was thinking about Hook's like progression throughout his career. I know like early on when he arrived on the scene of AEW, everybody was behind him. But ever since he's joined like best friends, he's kind of like fell off into the background and almost the same with Will or Yuta with the Blackpool Combat Club. Like he's getting WWE, like one thing they do with their stables is they elevate guys. Mm -hmm. um, AEW, it's like there's so many guys, and you're like, well, where's the progression for Will or Yuta? Where's the progression for Hook? Um, Dominic Mysterio is a good example of how you could use a faction. Um, all that to say, 
I don't see Will or Yuta getting the FTW title off Hook, um, but they need to figure out a way to utilize Hook to where a year from now, he's not on Zero Hour defending yeah. a title that his dad made famous. He's in perhaps the Continental Classic next year if they decide to do a round-robin tournament again. I, I I agree. I don't think Wheeler's gonna gonna get the um get the win here. He is currently the Ring of Honor pure champion as well. He beat Shibata. I know Shibata had a had a head home. I think with, when it came to some visa stuff. Um, so he is currently a champion on the Ring of Honor side. So I don't think he's gonna become a double champ. I'm I'm going with Hook for my pick as well. You mentioned when it comes to WWE and and the factions. I'll be honest. AEW at the very beginning they were elevating guys in factions perfectly. Something like you said over the last couple months, maybe six months, uh, that kind of stopped because there's so many guys or gals in said factions. Um, and, and dare I say, you know, to add on to, you know, Dominic Mysterio and those names that were elevated, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, right off the top of my head, are another two guys that, you know, now are now even on the main event level, even more so kind of neck and neck with Cody Rhodes and, and CM Punk and Roman. So great to see on both sides. I like Cook for this match, and you know that that's the zero hour, and and we're gonna get into the main card here in just one moment. Mike and myself, we don't know exactly what the order of uh, the world's end main card matches are gonna flow. I always like to take a shot in the dark, and I kind of like to do it my own way, or kind of how I would put the matches in order. So I'm gonna start off with Andrade El Idolo taking on the Redeemer Mira. Now this has become a rivalry, a little bit of a feud due in part to C.J. Perry, Miro's real-life wife, debuting in AEW and looking for clients to manage as she wants to make an impact on the wrestling world. Now, we've seen weeks and weeks of Miro destroying potential clients of C.J. Perry's, but he had agreed that he'll let her manage Andrade. He's not letting that happen anymore. Andrade and Miro are basically going to have a match here for the custody of C.J. Perry's managership. <laughs> Not really. Um, but who, who do you got in this one here? The Redeemer or Andrade El Idolo? Dude, I, we were just talking about, you know, they need to use Hook a little bit better and they need to use Will or Yuta. The fact that we are using Andrade and Miro at this point of the year, finally... I mean, it's awesome. And what better story to do it than where CJ Perry <laughs> allegiances lie? Um, and, and it's not insensitive. We don't have any Bobby Lashley stuff to no, no. decipher through. It's just a business partnership um, right. with somebody hot and flexible. Like, that's all <laughs> it is. Uh, Tony Khan has a way of um, booking these shows that just uh, will bring a smile to your face. Um, I'm really excited for this match. I think both of these guys have something to prove that because they haven't been used in perhaps the way that they should be, um, just because of there's so much talent in AEW and there's only so many hours you can feel those gaps with. It helps with collision coming up. Uh, but the more I think about this match, the more I'm seeing. CJ Perry turning on Andrade and a lion with Miro, kind of like that macho man, Miss Elizabeth being reunited again. I'm getting those vibes from this match. Uh, but what, what do you think? Do you think Andrade has a chance here? And uh, you hit the nail right on the head, man. I, I felt the same thing from a mile away. I just have this weird feeling that Lana, oh, excuse me, CJ Perry. Uh, is going to turn on Andrade and re, you know, reform Miro and her, and they're gonna, you know, go on to do kind of what they did, you know, in WWE with the Bulgarian brute stuff. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting, you know. Also, Lana, I don't know, I'm gonna do that, so I'm, I'm just gonna keep going with it. Um, Lana also had the uh, a real nasty infection, dude. Did you see her finger? Like, did you see the picture she posted? Dude, oh, so I was so, like, I'm happy ugh. she didn't get sick. Thank God. So. Shout out to her. We're for, not showing for this on the. Uh, I am not showing yeah. that on the. On okay, the podcast. good. <laughs> if you want to see it? You I can go to her Instagram. <laughs> I oh man, I it was tough to tough to watch to say the least. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Miro here. Are you locking in Miro with your pick? I'm 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 locking in Miro now. I will say I was on a uh, show 
last week doing football predictions and didn't do too well there. I was like one in four on football predictions. I'm hoping I have a better track record with the last pay-per-view of the wrestling year. Yeah, it's uh, I, I actually won the weekly pick em pool that I'm in last week, so I, I only had four wrong on the, on the teams, on the games, so I was pretty impressed. Um, the only, I think the only, the big one that kind of screwed me was the Chiefs. You know, I would have went, you know, only three losses, but, you know, we kind of, nobody saw that coming. Uh, so I feel you. I want to finish this one strong. We'll have a head-to-head score. I'll have it posted at Twitter. The people will know what's happening, who wins this prediction battle. So don't worry. This is our, this is our own version of the Continental Classic. <laughs> or the uh, fantasy faction we're the in right now. The fantasy faction. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you guys are, are wrestling uh, uh, creators, content creators, podcasters, whatever, go check out um, the fantasy faction uh, folks on Instagram. I'll put their handle here. Uh, in the video, but check them out. If you're a content creator, we're looking for uh, some additional members to join for a Royal Rumble thing. It's really cool. Gets everybody kind of communicating and it's a great way to to make some connections, you know, with your fellow creators. So cheap plug for them. Uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Uh, The next match we're going to take a look at here, man, almost a year to the date, they first faced off and beefed. We are finally getting a payoff between Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Holy hell. I waited too long for this to the point where I just didn't care anymore. But now that it's back and we're we're bringing this to the forefront again, this rivalry, I care about it again. Now, AEW did everything in their power to build Swerve out. But unfortunately, Keith Lee does not feel like the same Keith Lee he felt like initially. Thoughts on this, my guy? You know, I am brewing right now because I know we're not talking about the Continental Classic yet, but AEW missed their opportunity with Swerve Strickland. I'm I'm here here. Swerve Strickland is like the most over guy in AEW right now. He has literally like a swerve when we drive, you know. <laughs> I mean not really. Be safe on the road, kids. Don't drink and uh, drive. Don't, do not drink and drive. I, I, I have bad beef with that. But I have more beef right now with Tony Khan because it, it was a triple threat this past week. You know, Mox, Jay White, Swerve. And Swerve lost to Mox in the tournament a couple weeks ago. He could have redeemed himself by beating Mox in that triple threat, propelling him to the Continental Classic against, you know, maybe A. Kingston, you know, goes on and wins, or maybe even Brian Danielson uh, having that rematch between Swerve and Brian where Swerve was actually built as the star. And instead of having Swerve, one of your biggest stars, in a big marquee matchup to be the first ever Continental Classic champion, instead... It just feels like you threw in him in to the card against Keith Lee because they were tag team partners a few years ago and they had beef. You mentioned a year ago, like you mentioned to the point where you like didn't care and now you care again. I'm left with like, they just threw this together and it doesn't make sense. And I don't care because they missed the boat on Swerve and Obviously, you need Swerve to win, but they haven't even done anything to build Keith Lee up to where it makes sense for him to be on Swerve's level right now. Yeah. You know, this is a tricky one for me. I think this really falls on the hinges of, look, people complained and complained and complained and complained and complained and complained. When are we getting the payoff for Keith Lee and Swerve? When are we getting the payoff for Keith Lee and Swerve? And I think we're kind of in a buffer zone. I don't necessarily think Swerve needed to win the Continental Classic. Yes, that would have been fantastic. It would have put singles championships around his waist and shoulders, triple crown champ. But I think he's destined to knock MJF off for the title. I said it on Twitter, uh, you know, when we were talking earlier, some, somebody on Twitter had, you know, said, oh, whatever. I think Swerve dethrones MJF in two pay-per-views. Maybe not Revolution, maybe the one after. And I think Swerve then is the world champion, becomes the first you know African American world champion in AEW's history, and goes on to have a lengthy title run. And and I don't know what 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 MJF is 
you know, whether he's resigned, whether it's still up in the air, whether we're going to do the bidding war story. I think that's how you can kind of play into this. Um, there's a lot of kind of intersections here that we can discuss. So I want to save it for a little bit later, kind of when we're getting into like the devil and MJF and, and the main event. Um, but I will say 100%, they did not do the same level of building Keith Lee back up as they did of bringing Swerve to the next level because they had Keith Lee wasting away on Rampage and Six Mans. And the best match that maybe I've seen personally over the last three months was Brian Cage and him last week from Collision. And that's just last week. And that's when they're setting up this story. So uh, if I were to give it a, a, a pick here, I'm going to say Swerve wins. Who do you got? He swerves when he drives, ladies and gentlemen, metaphorically. Remember that. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. Do metaphorically. not try this on the road. Do not try this at home. We've got, for the first time ever here on the show, breaking news during the middle of a recording right from the owner and CEO of AEW, Tony Khan, from Twitter, now known as X. We don't call it that. We've got ourselves a all-star eight-man tag team match, which is going to see the members of the Gold League take on members of the Blue League uh, in just kind of a showcase match. So that's going to happen. We've got an additional match, and like we said earlier, there probably will be another two matches added. So we're not even going to kind of get into the predictions on it. We're going to acknowledge it. It's here. If I were to give you a, a side here, I'm taking the side uh, that's got the, the Blue League guys, Brian Danielson, Claudio, Daniel Garcia, and Mark Briscoe. It sounds like they mixed oh, yeah. it up. Mark was in the Yeah, they mixed it up. So I'm taking the side that's got Brian Danielson on it. Um, and they're taking on Jay White, Jay Lethal, Roosh, uh, and... Brody King. So half of the people yeah. we picked to win the Battle Royal are now in this match, so disregard those picks uh, from earlier. Now pivoting into another eight-man tag match that is on World's End, announced on Dynamite. We don't have a World Tag Team Championship match, but we do have Sting, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho, and a returning Sammy Guevara taking on AEW World Tag Team Champions Ricky Starks, Big Bill, powerhouse Hobbs, and it was originally Kyle Fletcher, which is now flexed to Konosuke Takeshita. So who do you have here in this eight-man tag match? Now I'm seeing the puzzled look on your face. Yes, Takeshita was flexed into Kyle Fletcher's spot in the match just this morning. Wow. So, yep. Is is Fletcher competing at all this weekend, or is he not going to be in Long Island? Unless they put Fletcher in the Battle Royal. Or they have Fletcher defend his title on the title. Zero Hour, on which zero will hour. probably be announced in like seven minutes. Yeah, um, exactly. Or with so, your luck, right after right, we Right, as, yeah, exactly. As soon as I start <laughs> editing the video, here comes the, the 10 more matches. To the card. <laughs> I appreciate Tony wanting to make sure the fans in attendance and the fans who are paying for the pay-per-view get their money's worth. But I've always said, and I am a strong believer in this, quality over quantity. Simple as that. There, there's, there's a fine line. Like I remember going to uh, AEW as the first Dynamite in Charlotte, Bojangles Coliseum. This was Jericho, Nick Gage. I told, I was live, so I totally missed the uh, Domino's uh, commercial. Domino's apparently stole, <laughs> apparently stole the show. Um, it was the talk of Twitter and everything, and I totally missed it because I was there live. I mean, uh. But I love seeing, like, oh, my gosh, I saw this person, this person, this person. I saw everybody live. You don't always get that from other companies like WWE. It's like, hey, we didn't see this person compete. Oh, well, or we didn't even see this person show up. Um, When it comes to this eight-man tag, I feel like, A, you need Sting on the show because Sting's career is coming to an end, and you need him on the show. But they didn't Agreed. even have like a story with them. And then with Kenny Omega um, being out of action right now, um, I really like that Sammy Guevara was just right place, right time to get back involved. Uh, it's probably why they turned him face once again and reunited him with Chris Jericho. So before this match was announced, I thought Guevara was just replacing Omega. It feels like once Omega's back healthy, we will get that match. Um, but 
come on, Mike. Like, you know who's winning this one. You know Sting isn't losing. Yeah, it's it's so... Like, I, I hate to be that guy, but, like, there's one match that's it's super awesome. predictable on this card. It's this one. Like, Sting is not losing on his farewell tour. So, my pick, the team of Sting, Darby, Jericho, and Guevara. Mike, sounds like it's it's gotta be Sting! It's Sting! Hey, it's if he Sting! loses... If he loses, we need to find a new profession because we're terrible at this. Yeah, we're, we're just the worst, then, if that's the case. Uh, speaking of transitioning into more back into the spooky vibes here, we've got ourselves a TBS championship match. We've got the House of Blacks, Julia Hart, defending her title against Abaddon. I love it. I'm so happy. Uh, it's, 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 I, I swear to you, dude, that somebody in AEW is keeping up on my Twitter or something because back in October, uh, I had said, you know, where's Abaddon? Where's Red Velvet? Where are these ladies? And the last, those last couple months from October to now, Red Velvet has been featured prominently. Abaddon's been featured prominently. They're starting to, to mix in additional women. Rio re-showed up. You know, you got Tony Storm. So women's division's heading in the right place. Uh, I love having the spooky Abaddon horror monster gimmick going against the downright terrifying spooky gimmick of julia hart um what do you got in this match i, I will say uh tony khan's obviously listening because he did like one of your tweets um so you do have actual creative power and some creative control uh so this this podcast is very powerful so that's why i'm powerful. excited to be and on it i did tweet about takeshita's sure. momentum being stunted last night during AEW when i was rewatching it back and then today takeshita was flexed into that match so I, dude I he is watching your twitter or x and it's kind of spooky <laughs> at this point no pun intended um i will s- i will say um i'm not a big fan of abaddon uh okay. it's kind of like um a few years ago when AEW started, right? It was like, wins matter. That's how you get championship matches. I don't know where Abaddon just got this title match from, especially on a marquee pay-per-view. Obviously, you're not going to have Julia Hart lose the title this soon, but I thought Willow Nightingale would have been a better opponent for julia hart rather than abaddon because abaddon's just kind of there um Mm. or even chris statlander i wouldn't have mind seeing that rematch uh so like i said julia hart probably wins this one but i am a huge huge fan of what they've done with her and sky blue this is giving me like malachi black buddy matthews vibes where they had like a really good rivalry and such good chemistry that they're tag partners now i think that's the same thing with julia and sky blue and that's what's going to propel them to be two names to watch out for in this next year i 100 percent agree i'm I'm giving the win to julia hart no way that that title's coming off her waist anytime soon until potentially sky blue uh you know maybe turns on her you have willow in the mix uh very well could see after their dynamite match, uh, Chris Sky Blue, maybe Willow, um, having some sort of match on the buy-in or the zero hour or whatever, um, to maybe set up a number one contender for that title later on, and, and maybe you throw Thunder Rosa in the mix. You know, she recently returned, so it'd be good to have her on the card if they can get her in. Um, but yeah, Julia Hart for me, this one, I think it's, I think it's kind of in the bag. We're 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 narrowing down here. We've got four matches as of this point. Put a little asterisk here. The next match we're going to take a look at here is the TNT Championship grudge match between longtime friends, now turned bitter foes, the Patriarch himself, Christian Cage, TNT champion, is going to defend his title against the Rated R superstar Adam Copeland. What do you like to see here in this no DQ match? Dude, this is like a dream. So, a little nerd moment here. Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten into, like, Be the Booker, where you can, like, write out shows on your own and, like, book them through. You can do it a month. You can do it years. Well, I had one that started, like, WWE 2015, and then I'm in year 2018 right now. And the premise was, like, if Seth Rollins had never, like, torn his ACL. Like oh. how long that rain would have went. And so I just kept going with it. And 
I just like rode in Edge returning in SummerSlam mm-hmm. 2018 to face Christian for the world title. I love and it. of fine. course, like right as I'm writing that in, Edge actually comes back and feuds with Christian. And so nobody gives me credit for being original. I'm just like, guys, <laughs> it's right there. Um, so the fact that I get to like see a dream match of mine at this point in their careers, they shouldn't be wrestling right now. No. They both like they're both their careers were finished. Yeah. Yeah. Like this this is why I have beef with people who don't think that Edge is the greatest return of all time because he was done. Like physically done everything. Um so we get a no DQ match with Christian. I went back and watched their ladder match for the Intercontinental title like 20 years ago, where mm-hmm. Edge finished with the concerto on top of the ladders before he grabbed yeah. the title. Like such an iconic moment. I feel like that's what we get now because Edge, I've loved him ever since I started watching wrestling, but he is, and Christian too, are so much better at storytelling at this stage of their careers than ever before. Like, I am so excited for this match. But Christian already has, like, something up his sleeve. Like, yeah. the TNT title means so much to him. I don't see Adam Copeland or Edge, you know, it's it's still getting uh, hard yeah, to get used to. Used to so hard. It, it's so weird. Um, I don't see Adam Copeland win the TNT title. So whether it's Nick Wayne helping or Mama Wayne or you know, kill switch slash Luchasaurus comes back or if there's like a jungle boy reemergence. Oh boy. <laughs> and like, I mean, it, it could be anything right here. Uh, so give me Christian, but this, this is the reason I am watching this pay-per-view. This is the match I'm most looking forward to. I like it. I'm I'm 100% with you here. I'm very, very excited for this match. Adding in the stipulation of no disqualification means, you know, there's going to be shenanigans afoot. Uh, I agree. Christian Cage doing the best work of his career ever. Some of the best stuff we've seen in AEW up to this point. So I'm giving the, I'm giving the win to, to Christian. And still, uh, I think, I think Edge, uh, Adam Copeland is going to have himself a hell of a match here. Uh, but I definitely think there's going to be uh, a Mama Wayne interaction, or uh, Nick Wayne, or like you said, Kill Switch, um, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry's an interesting name to throw in there. I'm sure we'll we'll get on, back on his name later on in the final mouth off. Um, but the match that I really am most excited about, uh, and I think has the potential to steal the show on this pretty loaded card, uh, is the Continental Classic Final. John Moxley. Taking on the Mad King, King of the Bums, Eddie Kingston, for the Triple Crown Championship. To determine a new Triple Crown Champion in North America, we've uh, kind of taken the Ring of Honor uh, Championship, the New Japan Pro uh, Wrestling Open Strong Heavyweight Championship, and now you know we have the Continental Championship, which has yet to get unveiled. So. We'll have a, a triple crown champion in North America for the first time since was it Bam Bam Bigelow? Maybe. Ooh, I'm not gonna get too into the history here, but nevertheless, I think this match is gonna steal the show. Eddie Kingston dating back all the way to their time in the Independence has never beaten Moxley, and up until Wednesday, Eddie Kingston had never beaten Brian Danielson in one-on-one competition. So, my pick. And the winner of the Continental Classic and the new Triple Crown champion for the United States, for North America, the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. What do you got? Well, that might just drop the mic on that one. Uh, and I, I got to agree with you, man. Uh, I, again, I'm critical that Swerve Strickland is not in this spot. Uh, I think he should have won the tournament. But with A. Kingston putting both his titles on the line, the New Japan Strong title and the ROH World title, which I have another thought about, about maybe them diminishing uh, the ROH World title, but I'll get into that some other time. Uh, it's it's not too important right here, but what sold me on Eddie Kingston winning, um, it's not as sure as Sting winning, but it's about as close as the promo that Moxley cut. 
after Kingston won. Mm. It's like, yeah. it's the perfect go-home promo where you're like, okay, you've had this entire tournament, but now you got to sell fans on Moxley versus Kingston. And they went out and they put some butts in seats, I'm sure, in Long Island. Uh, I looked at my dad as we were watching. I'm like, there is no way Eddie Kingston loses this. You you no. can't lose off of that promo. No. So uh, it's it's going to be a special moment for Eddie Kingston when he beats Moxley for the first time and is the first triple crown champion. Seriously, it's going to be very cool, and I definitely think the uh, the emotions will, will run high for that. I think Eddie Kingston is um, severely underrated right now. I think he's doing some of the best, um, honestly, work of his career himself, uh, and he adds such a realistic aspect to uh, professional wrestling because – you know, for him, it's all about respect and it's all about, you know, his word, you know, he's one of the best promos in the game and it's all about competing with honor and respect. Um, and he's not afraid to call that out. He's done it numerous times. You know, we know him, his history with Claudio. We know his history with CM Punk. So I love everything about this. I agree. The Mad King is going to be a great moment uh, for Eddie Kingston. Down to our two final matches on the AEW World's End card. The first of those two matches is going to see AEW Women's World Champion Timeless Tony Storm defend her title against Rio. Now, I love Timeless Tony Storm. I love Rio. I think both of these women, so great to see them prominently featured, especially Rio coming back over the last couple weeks. How do you feel about this match? Uh, it's another one I'm slightly underwhelmed with, but it makes sense. So, if you notice with the women's champions, there's always a pattern that AEW does. Uh, when there's a new champion, they'll feed them a previous champion. So, yep. a lot in the early stages, it was Nyla Rose was the first challenger for the women's titles. And Rio's back, so now she can be a challenger for the new women's champions is really just to get like a notch in the belt of like Tony storm, which I get, I, I, I don't knock it, but it's like, yeah, I, maybe I would have preferred Ruby Soho, mm. or maybe I would have preferred Soraya or maybe like just something to where it's like, okay, these people have like legitimate beef and there's a story and there's a backdrop there. Um, but yeah, Give give me give me timeless Tony winning. I'm excited to see what happens with Mariah May though. I'm I'm really really high on her. I, I like Mariah May, and I've I've said uh, I've said it myself, you know, on my show that like when when the whole thing with her was like she was a free agent, she was leaving Stardom. I was like she's going right to AEW. Like she fits. I think she she would fit in WWE and NXT, uh, but I definitely think she would have to have that stint in NXT. Um, but I think bringing her into AEW and pairing her with Tony and kind of doing, you know, Mickey James and Trish Stratus, you know, modern era version of it. Um, you know, I'm picking Tony Storm, timeless Tony Storm, re retaining the championship 100%. The only thing that I can say on it is, is, you know, chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe, ladies and gentlemen. Watch for the shoe. Watch for the shoe. The main event of AEW World's End has a lot a lot of, of cloudiness around it, a lot of darkness, and a lot of devils. We've got the AEW World Champion, MJF, coming off the heels of losing the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship to the Devil's Goons on Dynamite this past Wednesday. He's going to take on Samoa Joe, who was revealed to be in cahoots with the Devil Group all along. We got an awesome chair shot uh, of Samoa Joe hitting MJF with the chair. Reminded me of another infamous chair shot of Seth Rollins turning on the shield. The camera angles, the levels that they did it at, it looked very similar. I'll put a, I'll put a side by side picture here. Uh, you can look at it. I think they they tried to emulate that a little bit. It worked out. I like the I like the camera work they did on this. We're gonna get into the final mouth off in a few moments after we cover this match and who we think's gonna win, and we're gonna talk about who we think the devil leader is and what we think the group you know is is after, but. For me, on Long Island, MJF against Samoa Joe. MJF retains his championship. No, no qualms about it. No questions about it. What do you think about this match, Mike? Now, ooh, this final mouthing off is is really tough because it would reveal 
who I think is going to leave Long Island as world champion. I've been saying it for the last 12, 13, 14 months, as long as MJF's reign has been, probably even a little bit before. But I think the reign of MJF ends this Saturday. And it's going to be... It's it's not going to be as hostile as the NWO and Hogan turning heel, but it's going to be a hostile crowd because MJF's a face, and now he's in front of his hometown, and instead of a good homecoming, he's he's going to drop the belt to Samoa Joe, and people are going to look back at this reign of being one of the best, if not the best, world title reigns in the company's history so far. Yeah, I mean, he he already has held the title longer than any other former champion. He beat Kenny Omega's uh, title reign a few weeks ago. He beat Kenny Omega almost a month ago in a match. Uh, you know, I I'm on the other side the of this. Brian Danielson match. Brian Danielson match was another banger. The Adam Cole matches, both matches were bangers. The the time limit draw on Dynamite, and then the you know the match at uh, Wembley. So MJF, you know, really he, he's in consideration when we get into the the mouth, mouth off awards, my year end awards. He's definitely in consideration for you know wrestler of the year on the men's side in AEW. I'm not going to spoil too much about that yet. Um, you know, it's tough because I think they're going to emulate the summer of Punk with MJF and the whole bidding war of 2024. I think MJF is going to win and then blow a kiss to Tony Khan, similar to what CM Punk did to Vince all those years ago. And then MJF might hold the title hostage, and then maybe you'll see an interim title created again, which is bold to do. This is a bold, this is a tough, this is muddy waters we're getting into. And then an interim championship being unveiled again, maybe Swerve winning that title, setting up Swerve MJF to decide on a undisputed AEW world champion. That's, that's a spitball idea. I see the wheels turning in your head. You're like, you know what? He might be a little crazy, but. There's something there. Um, Definitely like thinking it. crazy, but there's something a little there. Crazy. There's something there. It's not going to happen, but it's something there because <laughs> what's going to happen so you're, is you're what I'm it. thinking. So, but I, but I don't even think. But if Samoa Joe wins uh, against MJF and wins the title, I just feel that Samoa Joe. They're doing it, yes, to put the title on Samoa Joe. It's a great accolade for him at this point in his career. But also, he's going to be a transitional champion because the next person that's you're exactly. going to have to. So that's that's why you're setting it up in that regard. So it's going to be. MJF drops the title. Samoa Joe is a transitional champion. MJF baby face crawls his way back up the ladder and regains the title in, in a year or a couple months. That's all dependent upon if MJF re-signed with AEW. That's really what we're depending this on. And 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 that's the big thing is because there's reports that he has re-signed with the company. There's reports that he hasn't and he hasn't lied, but We've seen this before. We we saw this story a couple years ago when MJF dropped the his version of the pipe bomb. Yeah. But I mean, and and Samoa Joe, like I don't think he needs the world title. And personally, I'm rooting for MJF this Saturday. Yeah. I'm rooting for. Him. But what I'm seeing is Swerve is hot right now. Mm. He he's not going to be the triple crown champion. He's not going to win the Continental Classic tournament. And Swerve's a big face right now. Like, yeah. he's he's molded into that face where everybody's behind him. And to put him and MJF against each other, you're going to have to try to get one of those guys booed. And that is yeah. going to be the most difficult uh, object you can try to accomplish. Samoa Joe... Is getting booed now, especially mm. after costing MJF and his best friend Adam Cole the ROH right, World titles. Tag Titles. Uh, so Samoa Joe doesn't even need a long reign. He just needs mm. what three months, two three months before two, Revolution two months, in Greensboro, yeah. and that's your match: is Samoa Joe mm. versus Swerve Strickland. Okay, I respect that, and I could I, I would I would buy into that. I just right now it's like. They don't. They don't have a per. Those two don't have a purpose to to cross paths other than the world title. So, if that's the case, I see it. I definitely see Swerve being the transition. You know, uh, Samoa Joe being the transition. You know, to Swerve, and then obviously MJF has to come da- back down the line at some point because there's too much history to leave on the table between Swerve and, and MJF. You know, they used to ride together. They were in the same wrestling companies when they first started out. Like, there's way too much 
history on a bones there to leave um, for them not to do that match. So I think that match has to happen, but I could see your side of the coin and see maybe Samoa Joe picks the title, transitions to Swerve, and then you get maybe MJF back in the picture with whatever the bidding war um, you know, story may be. So I'm going with MJF. Sounds like Mike's going with Samoa Joe. Unfortunately, I'm going Samoa Joe. I won't be happy about okay. it, but I will say this. Uh, it will be because the devil gets revealed and costs MJF the title. 100%. That's how it'll and, happen. And, and that's how we're going to end this match. And we're going to transition right into the final mouth off with Mike and Mike this week. That's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. We are in the final mouth off this week, joined by Mike. So, this week's final mouth off is the final mouth off with Mike and Mike. And, Mike, I've only got one question for you. It's a multiple part question here. Who do you think the devil is? Why? And are you satisfied with this person? If it is to be revealed, your guess was correct. So I said this a year ago when MJF was world champion, that he would hold the title up until the very end, until someone threw everything they could at him to get the title off of MJF. And now with everything aligning, I think this person is going to do a little Vince McMahon action. He's going to pull off the mask. It was me all along, Maxwell. It was me all along. And it is going to be a new heel authority figure in Tony Khan himself. Now, here's why I think this, okay? I was looking back at my old... Uh, drop the mic episodes from a year ago and like trying to like piece everything together. Okay. MJF uh, has been talking about this bidding war of 2024. He is the AEW world champion. If January 1st hits and he's still world champion, there is the possibility, whether this is kayfabe storyline or shoot that MJF could take the AEW world title to a rival company that MJF has hinted about in his promos, okay? And now you have like, oh, crap, you know, what do you do? And Tony Khan seeing the timer tick away, so he throws Kenny Omega. He throws in Wardlow, and those aren't working, so he's throwing in these masked men and Samoa Joe all to try to get the title off of MJF. He got the ROH tag titles off of him this week, Yep. Okay, with the help of Samoa Joe and the masked men, and now he's going to get the AEW world title off of him. And a key note to mark in this is the Devil Mask didn't debut until MJF had his pipe bomb, said he didn't want to work with Tony, he wasn't opening up the money bags, he doesn't want to be here anymore. MJF vanishes, so he comes right. back under the Devil Mask to go for the world title and to show that he is in control. Well, now right. Tony Khan steals the devil mask or gets, you know, Samoa Joe or Adam Cole to steal the devil mask. And Tony Khan is going to cost MJF the AEW world title this week, which is why Samoa Joe goes over. And it is going to be like a world's end for AEW because Tony Khan's been out of the picture. Like, there hasn't been a real yeah. on-screen authority figure in AEW for four years. And now it happens. Now it's Tony Khan as the devil, and it is going... Dude, I cannot wait to see how the Long Island crowd reacts, and I can't wait to tweet you <laughs> Saturday night and say, I told you I so. I told you so. Um, You know... I, I've been battling this from day one. Like I have, I have like went back and forth on who I think it's going to be, who could be involved. I said on my show, maybe two months ago, I think the young bucks are involved in this group. People are, are not acknowledging this, that the young bucks just disappeared. I think the young bucks are involved in the devil group. I also think you're onto something here because I also had this kind of thought frame the other night where I was like, what if it is Tony Khan? And and what if this is Tony Khan's Vince McMahon? You know, this is him revealing. 
It was him all along, like you said, you know, takes the mask off. I told you, Max, that I get you. I you thought you had me, you know, all this time. You thought you were, you know, like you said, you thought you were in control. I remember remember who signed your paychecks, you know, all that all that shit I think could come back up. I also think there's been a lot of um <laughs> pointing in different directions to keep us off the trail. I think Wardlow's 100% involved in the group. I think the Young Bucks have a have a capacity in this group. I think you could even argue Tony Khan. I think Adam Cole is in this group as well. I think it's going to be revealed that it's two devils. We saw two different devils show up. We saw one with one mask and one with a different mask. Both, though, they're one one of the devils from the very first was the mask that MJF worn last two weeks ago when Hangman was attacked in the parking lot. That devil had a different mask. Hear me out. The devils all along was Tony Khan and Adam Cole. It's the both of them. I still think Adam Cole is involved in this. And I think if Tony Khan's involved in it, I think the elite are involved in it because it's still their company. I have a lot of different theories and my mind goes a lot of different places, but I I agree with you. I think Tony Khan is my betting odds favorite on the devil. But I also would be remiss if I didn't say like Adam Cole pushed, he pushed MJF to go with Samoa Joe. He pushed him. He begged Max, please. He did. He's like, I got friends. Don't worry about it, Adam. And he linked up with the acclaimed. Immediately the acclaimed were beat down, you know, and and taken off out of the picture. Who else would be there? Left, the only person left, Samoa Joe. So obviously we knew Samoa Joe was, now we know he was in cahoots this whole time. The whole keeping him healthy thing was, was BS. He didn't care about keeping him healthy. He just wanted to keep himself close to Max so that Max wouldn't be suspicious of him. It's, mm. There's so many different moving parts. You know, Did MJF frame himself? Could MJF be one of the devils? Is it Tony Khan and M? Like, there's, I have thousands of theories, but I, I think yours is honestly very plausible. Tony Khan needs something to pop in this feud, and he needs to have a grand reveal of the devil. If it's Jack yeah. Perry, people will be upset. If it's Roddy Strong, I think people will be upset, but get over it. If it's Adam Cole, I think people are going to be heartbroken, and I think that's what you want. You want that emotion. But if I think it's, if it's Tony Khan, then that's going to be viral. You know, you're going to see people picking it up. Oh, Tony Khan is now on-screen character. So I like that theory, man. I really do. A lot of different now, pieces to fill you know, with that. Now, yeah. Now, you mentioned Adam Cole. Dude, it would destroy MJF's character if Adam Cole turned on him. Because, again, we got the emotional stuff of, like, MJF's never had a friend before, so he didn't play video games. He didn't have a buddy. And then he trusts Adam Cole, and then he fought in one-on-two handicap matches for Adam Cole. But the one thing I can honestly predict no matter who it is, there's going to be people who complain yeah. on Twitter. Oh, and it's going to be... I almost want to like pause Twitter for a week after this pay-per-view and let it sit with me to where it's like, okay, I actually like this. Because no matter who it is, I mean, they're, they're going to complain. Heck, if it was CM Punk and he didn't go to WWE, like they People would still complain. complain. Yeah, they uh, would. You do just pick, enjoy why, why this week. CM Punk, you know, why, why, you know, <laughs> why was it him? Why did you pit? Why? Why are you the devil? This makes no sense. I hate it here. Why, this is the worst. Why, why wasn't John Cena? Why wasn't yeah. Hulk Hogan? Why oh, was I thought it, the it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be Goldberg. I thought it was gonna be Andre the Giant. Like, dude. <sighs> You didn't know who it was. You you're speculating just like you and you and me, and it's like I sometimes the the internet wrestling community fans. I just try not to read some of that stuff because it's like I don't want it to influence me, but I also want to see what they're saying because it's like how does this hit for different people? You know what I mean? Because like if it hits for me, and I, and a lot of the things like that hit for me, I've noticed on on the internet wrestling community doesn't hit for those people, and it's like the things that hit for them doesn't hit for me. So it's like. It's all various perspectives and opinions at the end of the day, but I'm, I don't have an expectation going into this. I don't expect it to be this person. I don't expect it to be this person. 
I think people would be more upset if it was Jack Perry, but I think that'd be fucking genius, dude. That place would be so loud with booze and oh my god, but it, it wouldn't make sense. Because like, yeah, MJF's talked down on Jack Perry, but like to this extent, I think Cole's involved. And I think it's because of the the emotions and the trust that he built with MJF. Because that's that's how you get there. You 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 build that gate, you build that wall, you're like, hey man, I don't want anybody, I don't care about friends, I don't need anybody. And then somebody comes along and is like doing the most for you, and you're like, you know what? This is my guy, you know, this is my homie, or you know, I think that's where the heartbreak would come into. So Mike's going Tony Khan. I'm saying Adam Cole slash Tony Khan slash both because I think there's two devils in play. Uh, and I think it'll be revealed that there's going to be some interesting members of this group. Who do you think won the ROH tag titles? It would have to be the kingdom, right? That's Taven and Bennett. Right? Taven and Bennett. That's what I'm thinking. That all point if it's if it's Cole involved, all signs point to Taven and Bennett winning the ROH tag titles. But the I builds of like the guys Ill. look similar. I, I, I couldn't tell who it was, but like again, it makes sense. And then Hello. even going back to where like Adam Cole and MJF were like starting out and like who can trust one another and they were teasing backstabbing, Roddy even asked him point blank. And Adam Cole's like, Don't worry. I, yeah. I'm not really friends it. with MJF. Like, I got it. I can watch my own back. I mean, there there's so much. You, they're and pushing away so, Roddy in the kingdom too is another uh, another thing like where it's like why would he push them away completely like what what yeah. to draw suspicion and then there's the whole thing of him in the ring with the when the devil video came up and people thought he had a clicker in his pocket for the video so it's like a lot of things point to Adam Cole a lot of things truthfully like you said point to Tony Khan so that's where I come in the middle where I'm like it could be both world's end right this could be this era of AEW ending like you said and the new era of AEW being ushered in for 2024 so there you have it ladies and gentlemen we went a little bit long but I appreciate you hanging in with us getting our thoughts in Mike's got to get some practice in because ladies and gentlemen we've got more groundbreaking news here on Mouthing Off with Mike Drop the Mic is coming back next Wednesday January the 3rd to kick off your 2024 year with a little bit more mic in your life, and this so happens, you're going to get even a little bit more mic because this mic is going to join Mike on his show and his re-debut for 2024. So make sure, ladies and gentlemen, you go subscribe to his YouTube channel. You go follow him on his socials. They'll be right here on his, on his chest when I, when I edit it in later. Make sure you go. I'm, oh, don't worry. I got you now. Now we got real real estate. Make sure you subscribe to Mouthing Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast. Follow me on my socials at M-O-W-M underscore podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what happens this Saturday at AEW Worlds, and make sure you go out there, you enjoy the show. Whether you like what happens or not, don't jump the gun too quick because you never know where things may go from there. So from your host here at the Mouthing Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast, you guys go out there and enjoy some pro wrestling. And Mike, send it off for the people. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited for what 2024 has in store for the Multiverse of Mikes and their wrestling podcast. Excited to have you on next Wednesday. And hey, hopefully our words, worlds don't end this week. <laughs> hopefully our worlds don't end this weekend. Uh, we, got a lot to, we got a lot to take care of in 2024, so that's for damn sure. So make sure you go subscribe to Mike. Make sure you subscribe to this Mike. And the good brothers are out of here. Now they off with the light, now they off with the light, now they off with the light.